Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode of the Mind Sculptors podcast is sponsored by TCG Player, your source for all your trading card game needs. Use our link in the description the next time you get your cards to help support the show. Today's episode is also made possible by our Patreon subscribers. If you want to support the show directly, head over to patreon.com forward slash the Mind Sculptors and you can become part of the Sculpty family today. Or if you don't want to do any of that, leave a like and comment on YouTube or review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts as an offering to Algorithm Jesus. Kids do it. Is that how they match? Uh, what is it? Uh, Ferris Bueller is still hip with the kids, right? Yeah, everyone loves uh, very timely 80s flick. They're really <laughs> knock in the new year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 40 years uh, later. 40 years later. Let's see. Let's when was the movie actually made? I want to say it was an 86. 1986. Maybe? Just kidding. If you thought it was only 40 years old, you you'd be old. Uh, it is. <laughs> it is. Wait, 38. Right? No, 48 years old. Right? 38. 38. 38. Okay. 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 Hold on. Yeah. Did yeah, you yeah, Google yeah. to see when it came? Yeah, 198. Wow, I nailed that. Yeah, it. Fuck it. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, I knew. I know it's an early 80s movie because it doesn't have the vibe of an early 80s movie. Yeah. Uh, so in two years, Cal made a very solid old. reference to a forty-year-old film. <laughs> oh my goodness! It is very funny. Uh, so, yeah, the new year, the new year, season new, five of the Mind Sculptors, new CEDH. We got a whole new format. They banned 35 cards at the start of the year. It's ad nauseum. Ad nauseum. Dossies Oracle. Um, Winota. Um, yeah. uh, counter spells. Period. They sort of said this counts as one card. Yeah, they banned all blue or all they banned, islands. 
Yeah, yeah, the color blue, if you actually show up with a blue deck in any way, they will go, hey, and then point at you, kind of like that. That's against uh, the spirit of the format. Right. But they did <laughs> they did unban Flash, so I don't know. <laughs> I just, I, I gotta say for a second, so I have this on record. Yeah. yeah. Um, to all of the people who somehow think that Flash would be okay in this current meta, you're on crack cocaine. Um, I, it, yeah, l- listen, I'm sorry. It, you can tell me that you think it's because we played bad magic, what, however long ago it was. Yeah. No. It, oh, but I test it with my little group. Okay. You also t- test rock side with your little group mm-hmm. and, uh, it's the best deck in format and statistically that's incorrect. So, um, yeah, I, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't I don't see the argument for Flash being fine. I well, here's the deal. I can see the argument for Flash being a strategy that could coincide with the other strategies in the current CEDH metagame. Sure. Do I think it would be healthy for anyone involved? Not nope. even slightly. I do not get why that's even a conversation. And also the format is how it is. So hypothetical banning and unbanning conversations are uh in my opinion rather trivial i did put out a poll yesterday about rhystic study because i thought it was very funny as a concept that people were like can we ban rhystic study and i was like well just as a general concept would anyone actually care right which is really funny because a lot of people were like people are asking to ban rhystic study and i was like no i just asked if anyone would care (laughs) like (laughs) i did not say i need ban, nor did i even express desire to have rhystic study banned i really don't you're really musking it up right there yeah i was like (laughs) I was like, would anyone give a shit? <laughs> and the internet was like, yes, we would give a shit, but we give a shit about giving a shit more than actually we would give a shit. And that caused the internet to break a little bit for sure. You mean Twitter discourse was yeah. really stupid and unhealthy? No it, way. Honestly, it, I, I, it could have been so much worse. I'm, it, I'm it could have been much it worse. It was totally fine. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Rhystic study. Uh, I, I, have a little bit of insight into what the uh rules committee is doing and uh rhystic study is not on the radar so i i I would be more i would be less i I would be more concerned about your dock sides um yeah Yeah. that would be one hell of a shakeup huh once again that would be a huge shakeup I don't think these conversations are productive. Let's talk if it happens, you know, but um, yeah, I agree. But I mean, I'm I, just I, saying as far as things that could happen, I yeah. feel like dock side is a very real possibility. Yeah, yeah. And and I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I would be a little sad from a CEDH player's perspective. I'm not going to lie, um, because I think that's like the only thing keeping green viable nowadays. If I'm being honest, uh, is so that would be dock side being yes. good. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I've, I fully disagree. I think <laughs> if you take if you take uh, Dockside out of the picture, the format slows way the fuck down. Mm, that's interesting. Um, so that I mean, is that part is just like objectively true. Like the format does slow down, right? But I also yeah. think uh, in a in a metagame where we would still have Bowmasters, I don't know that like <laughs> removing yeah. green's only way to like pump out stuff quickly. And obviously, yes, I'm I'm aware that Dockside is not a green card. I'm referring to the fact that creature tutors are abundant in green. In case sure. anyone has a sure. comment they would like to throw in the description of the video. Yeah. Um, actually, no, I shouldn't clarify that so that the people do comment on this video. Yeah, please comment your unhinged I think Dockside is a green card. Mm. 
Yes, when you look in the top right corner, it is clearly a green card. Yes, I have yes. to make this card now uh, as a thing so that I can confuse the fuck out of people. Um, but that's <laughs> not what we're here to do today. Today we are here for the third, the yeah. third annual mm. CEDH Awards. Yeah. Uh, this year it's a little bit different. We don't have a Sean doing the intro, mm. which uh, is disappointing yeah. because Sean was maybe my favorite part of doing the ones yeah. in the past uh but you know perhaps now, we'll go back to it in we, the future did we ask sean we did not okay so in my defense part of why it's a little different is because the end of the year kind of just snuck up on me yeah. and i was just like oh yeah we have to do this huh <laughs> um yeah, yeah that's fair that's so fair. that that's a in a large part why it's a little bit differently the different this it's year gonna, it's got a different different vibe you know yeah but uh yeah. you know this year we're just gonna do it the two of us and uh we are gonna go through the same categories we're gonna go through and instead of picking a definitive winner we will both have our pick for that mm. card and uh so starting us off is oh well, actually one one quick tangent mm-hmm. uh mod anonymous if you are listening please get the uh your petition going to get ian some shirts that are not sleeveless please mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. podcast deeply needs this uh, <laughs> we no, need to remove scissors from your home <laughs> <laughs> i i'm acquiring a sleeve that's the whole point <laughs> ah, okay 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 um so uh first category here is the best new white card mm-hmm. of 2023 and you and i are in agreement here uh which for the most part you and i agree on most of these categories mm-hmm. uh but our unanimous pick for best new white card is to probably the surprise of nobody dauntless dismantler mm-hmm. uh Tell me about Dismantler and why it is just so fucking good. Uh, hey, you at home, you know how white decks want a blind obedience effect and they want it on a creature? Well, now they do. Also, can the creature have an efficiently statted body as a 1-4? Well, boy, howdy, yes it can. And also, does it have the upside of getting rid of artifacts that blind obedience can't do? Yeah, it can do that. Mm. Um I did not realize how good this card was until I was playing Drevi and played against Kinnon and uh, time walked them by having Dismantler come in, make all their stuff come untapped. And then I was like, oh, they're still insanely in the lead. And then I looked at the board and went, yeah, X equals zero seems pretty good right about now. I'm going to pay <laughs> one into this uh, at, at your end step so that when Kinnon untaps, they only have one mana rock as opposed to three. And then my other two opponents also with zero mana rocks were like, well, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, Dismantler is um, insane. The activated ability should not be uh, forgotten about or or underplayed. I think it's actually one of the strongest parts of the card. Yep, hundred uh, percent. Yeah. So all of that on one two mana body. <laughs> that uh, I mean, I think comparing it to a card like um, Draneth Magistrate is a pretty mm-hmm. like apt comparison. They're very similar statted bodies. Mm-hmm. uh while they while one is a restrictive uh text box mm-hmm. uh they are both doing quite similar things in terms of how they play out in a game mm-hmm. and uh the more we get bears like this i think it just makes 
control and tempo strategy stronger. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as a control and tempo fan myself, uh, <laughs> I love seeing new cards like this mm-hmm. because and I also, it's a human, so it can flip off Winota. <laughs> Does it have a problem with Winota? Why is it flipping off Winota? Stupid. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. <laughs> Actually, one of the, uh, I used to make like little, like very silly altars when I would do proxies for my deck. And uh, one of my first ones was I took Dranith and all I did was blur out the hands a little bit and add like a little bit of paint so it looked like he was doing the like 90s sensor flipping you off <laughs> I'll see if I can find that image and send it to you before that's fucking it's, amazing yeah, it's, it's, it was pretty good I think it might be on my old computer unfortunately but uh that yeah. is truly astounding and we, I think we can recreate that that feels yeah, recreatable yeah. uh yeah so Dauntless Dismantler best new a white card of 2023 uh, do you have any like uh, honorable mentions for this year? Uh, uh, for white, honestly, I'm trying to remember when I was looking through this this list. I don't think white. It, it was not white's year, if I'm being honest. Um, well, it was not a bad year for white, but it wasn't like a. It wasn't like last year, where last year white was just like popping from the seams yeah. with new cards. Like, I mean, there's some playables, right? So we got like the new vampire. We got uh, we got Gandalf. We got Phyrexian sensor. We got uh, Sky Hunter Strike Force. We got Moonshaker Cavalry. Like, so there's all a bunch of like players in the game. You know, we got Boromir. Right. Uh, got a card I'm going to talk about later. Uh, we got Elish Norn. So like, the, once again, a lot of like a lot of like really players. weird niche role players yeah which is actually weird because like if you look at what the other colors mm-hmm. got yeah it actually probably got the most like like all together than yeah. any other color if i'm being honest yeah, yeah, yeah. like when i was looking through it i was like man some of these could like red when we get there. to red red was like one of the colors yeah. that was really lacking this year yeah um and i think white, black, I black had like, a good year black could have a good year yeah um, um i will also say like uh i didn't mention screlv like screlv is like a really like perfect example of like a really good role player in a yeah. lot of different decks right like it's got a good sisse card it's it's really good in like low color stacks decks like just another mother of runes that also has some upside it's like kind of sick you know yeah i think we've talked about that throughout the year when we were talking like doing our set reviews where this yeah. year kind of overall was a year where it was mostly good role players with like a couple standout cards and yeah, a couple uh, format is, warping pieces for yeah, sure. a couple format warping pieces which you know i would much rather have a couple than like a zillion like we didn't yeah yeah so. yeah except for um, you know just those those two 
cards that we'll talk about a good amount. Yeah, but you can probably guess what they are. Uh, Mm -hmm. Next card on the Mm -hmm. list uh, is best new blue card of 2023. And Ian, what did we pick? In response, I'm going to cast Born Upon the Wind. (laughs) (laughs) Did it in response to your question to me, which means you do have to eventually finish the the sentence later. (laughs) No, Uh, Born Upon the Wind is absolutely cracked. That card's crazy. Um, It's not perfect in every deck. I think that's some of the conversations people get confused about with this card. They're like, I tried it in my very slow mid-range deck and the card was just okay. And it's like, because that's (laughs) not where it's great. (laughs) Um, But like, yeah, I mean, it definitely was a big level up for decks like Rogsai. Yeah. Anything Grixis. I mean, even to Necrom, it was a huge addition. Anything with the Grixis shell inside of it, just the ability to born plus Dockside plus efficiently win the game, usually with Breach is cracked like it's dumb <laughs> uh and just doing stuff in instant speed is strong like right like levine proved that with registeel flash cannon deck uh you know what i mean and it, that was just a mono white deck where he's flashing in heliod win cons right so now imagine there are decks like once again instant speed breaching right which is way more powerful right. than flashing in a triskelion right uh, so now there's like all of these different strategies that just like get this instant one up now, I think there's been a lot of hyperbole about this card this year, if I'm being frank. Um, it doesn't I've mean seen people compare this to Flash, and Flash mm-hmm. it is not. It is uh. definitely not that. But it is good and strong. Just kind of hot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was a card that I remember when it uh, got spoiled. I was like, well, this is going to be a staple. Um, yep. And sure enough, it was quite good. Yeah, uh, I think the only thing I don't like about it, and I think this is more of a personal preference thing, is, mm. uh, and I think we've talked about this too on the show when we were yeah. talking about my Thras Vile build, is I kind of tend to lean away from the Born lines, not because they're not good. They're actually incredibly good and very efficient, but it's just a play pattern I'm not comfortable doing mm myself often because like i i just it's not my strongest suit to like find that window very well uh so it was a card that i just kind of like have drifted away from this year uh but i think overall is probably like pretty easily the best blue card of this year yeah moving on down the line best black card of this year do you want to flash this one in and on in response this is also probably my opinion for the best card of the year. This is one dude who is also two dudes when one dude's bigger than the other dudes, but he would be nothing without the other dude. And also, <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> it's one dude. The other dude's bigger than the other dude. And he'd be nothing without the other dude, right? The orc army is nothing without the bowmasters. How many, how many times... Will you say dude before it just loses all meaning? It's just <laughs> that's kind of the fun little mini game I'm playing this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah. Winner of Bestie Black Card for both of us is Orcish Bowmasters. Probably mm-hmm. to the surprise of absolutely nobody. Hero people. Yeah. That uh, card's insane. Art is cracked. Um yeah. mm-hmm. I would love to see this card get banned. Uh I very much dislike the play patterns that this card yep. has introduced to the format. Uh, I think that it is probably one of the most 
people love to blame like Ristic Study and Mr. Grimora mm-hmm. for like the mid range hell that's going on right now. And I think yeah, it no, it's, pretty, it, it, it's pretty easily point. <laughs> Point it's like masters I, I don't even yeah like it's bone masters fall right <laughs> like, yeah that's, i don't know that shit's crazy to me it really is like uh, this i don't the card is just so much and it's not like oppressive in the way that it's like the game gets locked down when one bone masters comes down but it it, it that's why it's a problem is because it, it it comes down and it just warps the game yep but not in a way where it's like it warps it so we got to it's not like a blood moon right Blood Moon comes down, it warps the game so much, but everyone's agreed that it's got to go, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, people think they can play with the Bowmasters, right? And that's the problem. Uh, that and the fact that people are still playing against it wrong, right? It's just like Crocs Sakashima, right? Um, where people are just like, some people refuse to learn the play patterns to counteract this card. Honestly, right? if you want to learn how to play against this card, yeah. uh, download Arena and play Timeless. That is like the best way of figuring out yeah. how, like, how do you answer Bowmasters correctly? How do you go like play against it correctly? Because mm-hmm. when you like narrow it down to the one versus one player, you see those windows much clearer. And the window is exactly the same in four player. It's just. Yeah, uh, I don't know that I agree with that because I think the cards different by a significant amount in multiplayer, right? Like the dynamics of the card. I was talking about this with some 60 card grinder friends of mine where they're mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, like we actually really like Bowmasters because X, Y, and Z. And I was like, yeah, well, imagine this scenario where you like this person creates advantage, this person gets punished for it, even though that they're not even the person with the bump, right? Like, and that's that's the problem. It's the multiplayer dynamics of the card are what make it a problem, right? right. Not the not the singleton nature of it or the the one v one nature of it, right? Right. Well, and that's kind of my point though is like if you want to learn how to remove it and how to deal with it in like the best window. I think the one V one format gives you a really good way of like seeing, okay, here is the like best window to yeah. kind of deal with it. Yeah. Um, because there will become a time where you just kind of lose. <laughs> it, it, it's just the Bowmaster <laughs> is too big. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, so, but no, r- mostly agree with you on that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, please be in Bowmasters. I hate this card. I hate that it has, made tim necrom the like undoubtedly best deck in the format uh and i just i would i would like i love mid-range hell but like this is like like remember when flash was like the plague and that mid-range hell like we're bordering on that mid-range hell again yeah Uh, i don't know if it's that extreme but it's uh, like for me, bordering it we're on the outlands you know yeah, it reminds me of hull breacher right a lot yeah. uh, i mean obviously for for very obvious reasons too but like in the sense that like when hull breacher was out no one was clamoring per se for the band right right but a lot of the people who i knew that were grinding cdh tournaments were like this is just obnoxious always and it's always relevant and Mm -hmm. i'd rather it just not be here period right like it was just always frustrating to exist and that's that's where bowmasters is i think more so right like it is not it's not flash it is not burning our house down the cdh meta will be okay if this card exists it will just be less healthy yeah. Like a period. There will be less people enjoying this game. There will be less people enjoying the format. There will be less people engaging in what, in my opinion, would be preferable play patterns. Yeah. Uh, and I you hear a lot of people bitching about 
currently like the the this methodology of like hiding behind a risk excited is the best thing to be doing and it's like i think you are right uh but i think the problem is not as you mentioned it's not the risk excited that's the problem it's the bowmasters that's the problem right yeah. like that is it is hurting the diversity in the format and therefore segmenting strategies that are it's hard to hide behind creatures and play the mid-range creature game when you can't reliably hide behind them because somebody has a fucking machine gun Mm -hmm. sitting on the table ready to beat down every creature you play Mm -hmm. at any instant like that is it's like um it's like spawn camping in call of duty really (laughs) that is such an apt comparison yes it really is um And that's what it feels like, though. Yeah, so, like, yeah. Ristic Study, if you go back before Bowmasters was around, wasn't dominating games like this. Like, sure, it was still easily Good. one of the best yeah. things that you could do, yeah. but it wasn't warping games because it wasn't the only way to gain advantage yeah. versus you could play uh, you could play creature strategies. You could play these different board mm-hmm. strategies that gave you a way to also a crew advantage you just can't do that the same way anymore you know so. what deck i feel really bad for i feel bad for joy pilots specifically yeah. because that commander has gotten hurt by the ebb and flow of this format i feel like more than any other commander right that deck used to be a house mm-hmm. and it was like just I think like cats and sisters the same way too right yeah. like i think they're both these like two color commanders that mm-hmm. are like providing a unique interesting strategy they were both hurt real bad by paradox engine yep. and they both started to kind of show up again yeah <laughs> right bow masters. Masters if, if you want to talk about a deck that gets shut down hard by bow masters is joyra because mm-hmm. that deck yes. is literally like if i don't have my commander out then the deck just kind of ceases to function yeah. and literally. like but i mean like not to go on a tangent but that was a deck that like when paradox engine was around like you would ha- be hellbend and you would top deck a mana vault and you're like Ah, cool. I will just proceed to win the game now because I can draw myself into things to do. Yep. And it's just it's very disappointing how like uh these decks that are commander reliant kind of continually get pushed to the wayside yep. in terms of more generic strategies. Mm-hmm. Uh but anyhow, moving on to what I think is the weakest category of the entire day and that is best new red card mm-hmm. of 2023 this was a struggle to find yep. a reasonable it's a bad year for red it's a bad uh, year for red <laughs> i think the two cards that we both found are the best ones and i don't even know how much play they actually see so yes. that is a huge uh red flag haha mm-hmm. uh so I chose all will be one, uh, mm-hmm. mostly out of the like the logic being that all will be one has a couple mm-hmm. dedicated decks, right? And it is a one card combo with a handful of commanders. And that is a big get for those commanders. Granted, both of those commanders came out this year, but mm-hmm. uh, having that be a thing that exists, I thought was enough. And with that being said there really weren't any like red cards that were just generically good that came out uh yeah. there were a lot of not even role players there were just a lot of red draft cards <laughs> um what what was your pick 
for the best red card of the year. Yeah. Uh, so my, my pick for the best red card is Brass's Tunnel Grinder. Um, I think this card is criminally underplayed at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing it a lot in Breach decks, and it's very good in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, blue-red Breach decks, I will say I've been liking this card a lot more in or well, blue red x right mm-hmm. um specifically with the ability to pair this card with displacer kid mm-hmm. um and i think that's like we, we talked about this during the set review of this card is this card is decent until it gets broken right so either a you are using the artifact on board to sacrifice it recur it do goblin engineer goblin welder type of shenanigans right mm-hmm. um there's another card from the set called the ever flowing well as well which which yep. does a lot of similar stuff um and so Tunnel Grinder is really, really solid when you can keep gaining advantage. With it. Right now mm-hmm. with like Displacer Kitten, you can uh, not only can you start drawing a card for every spell you cast, but you're also sculpting as well, right? right. So you can choose and discard uh, X amount of cards every time you cast a non-creature spell. So the combination of the two of them is insane, not to mention like what it does with Breach, where you're like dumping an ass load of cards into your graveyard, right? right? Um, so you're you're at least netting card advantage and not to mention card selection so i think it's like kind of underplayed at the moment i've been playing it a lot in um in new narset the four mana narset and it's been very very solid for me there uh but it's it's a card that you need to be playing as a role player i think exactly like that right like if it has the pieces around it that make it good it is good Right. Um, it's like a lot of these lower color breach decks, I think, is the best place to see them. So like a lot of these like Jeskai commanders that have come out in this past couple of years, I think will really start to pay off for a card like this one. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, it, it, it was just a tough year for red. Like we were saying, like red yeah. just didn't get yeah. anything that interesting. Yeah. My like honorable mention is like Solifim, right? Because um, mm-hmm. that at least was the first card to make red a technically viable burn commander, right? Like sure. uh, colors, and so I think that card is maybe a little underexplored. It, it top three that uh, or top four that invasion uh, tournament in uh the commander invasion tournament. I don't remember where it is exactly, but yeah, uh, in Europe, <laughs> and so like obviously that it, it's has legs enough to at least be something so i think you know there's something to uh be interested in there something to explore and i'm interested to see if mono red burn can be like kind of a thing in the format make um, eidolon of rhetoric a good or not eidolon of the great rebel like yeah. a, a a card that you can justifiably put in a deck yeah i agree that would be really cool um We'll see what happens with it for sure. Yeah. Uh, Next category. This is the last of the single color categories is best new green card of 2023. And we both have (laughs) invasion of Ikoria. This is invasion of Ikoria's first win of the year. Uh, No. uh, So, I mean, what is there to say about this card? It is exceptionally good has a little bit of downside in that it is a little bit narrow in what it can get in that it can't get human creatures which mm-hmm. depending on your deck can be a big de- boner uh but uh or boner killer i guess yeah, yeah. Uh, but also has like a little bit of upside in that like if you get to a point where you can attack into the back of, or into it you get a big ass creature which you know again like i'm saying 
I don't I don't think I've ever seen somebody do that in a game of CDH. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it is a thing that you can do. So it is technically upside, I suppose. Oh, I've definitely uh, done it. <laughs> have you actually? Yeah, yeah, uh, twice now I think. Okay, uh, or maybe three times. But yeah, it's a uh, it's pretty sick when you get it. There was a game where I was kind of locked out on CSA, and I was like, you know what, I can use right about now. <laughs> In eight eight, a big fucking boy. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, this is a really good card. I think the only other card in green that I felt really strongly about with Delighted Halfling. That was yeah, a very, exactly. very good card for the year. Um, overall, again, as we kind of go through the like single colors, outside of white, like black had a good year, but it really only had like two exceptionally strong cards. Mm-hmm. Um, like outside of white, I feel like the other colors really kind of had pretty rough years. Yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. I I think like there there were a couple format warping cards this year and like that's kind of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh which is not particularly what I love from a CEDH uh you know year, right? Like I I would much rather um you know like what what the original proposition for like Modern Horizons was, right? Which is like you lift up all the small strategies and then the big ones just kind of stay the same, right? Whereas yeah. this year uh the the deck that people were trying to finally get an argument for not being the best deck in the format got a brand new piece that completely made it the best deck in the format uh or one of the top two decks in the format so not not my favorite progression of cedh for sure (laughs) Uh, Uh, speaking of things that are not my favorite progression in cedh best new colorless card of the year and uh this is the year (laughs) of the lord of the rings uh Uh because what do we have here ian what is our best we've got the one and only the one the only even though you'll see multiple in the game the one ring (laughs) uh yeah this is uh, a card that is format defining at this point I mean, genuinely, it is. I mean, across is. formats, honestly, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. multiple formats, this card has just completely yeah. like warped. There are many games where this is better than Ristic Study. Mm-hmm. I will throw that out there. Like that is, I have seen many games where this is that and more. Uh, it gave Sans Blue decks a card draw engine that they didn't have anything near previously, yep. right? Like a lot of these, like especially low color Turbonaz decks, like wow is it crazy to be a dihada with a one ring right because yeah. that deck is like oh yeah i don't do anything if i lose my initial burst and then it's like oh well i can tutor for one ring now and it's like well, oh <laughs> right <laughs> cool <That> cool <laughs> yeah um it's it's an insane card uh it also like had this incidental combination of disrupting damage based strategies mm-hmm. uh which you know don't happen to be the best strategies in the format. So it kind of sucks that those are the strategies that got hurt by it, right? Like yeah. we lost our glint horn combos, not lost explicitly, right? But like they got uh, a big loss, right? The combat based decks of the format, the infinite damage based decks of the format are usually more fringe strategies, but now they're being hurt because this card that is universally played um, and occasionally will just like someone who's definitively going to win the game will just not be able to because their opponent randomly gets protection from. Uh, their opponents till the end turn. But yeah, cool, great. <laughs> yeah, uh, this feels like it is a paradox engine like card. Mm. The difference I see with it is that it feels um, more. It, it where paradox engine enabled the fringe strategies and lifted them up, like you said earlier. Yeah. The one ring enables the best strategies and kind of makes them better. Yep. Uh, the better your cards are, the better the one ring is. Yep. 
And that's uh, it's not exactly always the best for strategies that are attacking the format in an atypical way, right? If you're yep. trying to turn card draw into card velocity, then that's great. It's an amazing conversion for you. If that's not what you're doing, then kind of sucks. Yeah. Well, let's look at the best new multicolor card for the year. Yeah. We both have a different mm-hmm. uh, card here. Yeah. Uh, nice my pre show that this is like a. Fifty point zero 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 one percent to forty nine point nine 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 percent type of thing, right? So right. that's it's a, it's a close one for me. Yeah. Uh, and so for mine, I have Talion the Kindly Lord. Uh, mm-hmm. If you have listened to the show this year at all, you would know that this card has been a big talk of the town as a commander. Yep but also as a card in the 99 that has been a Ristic Study-esque card that Mm -hmm. has done a lot of heavy lifting in blue-black decks to be an extra uh, card advantage engine. And, you know, with the proliferation of two man or uh, CMC-like cards, you have Dockside, you have Bowmasters, you have all mm-hmm. these different things and talion also has big fat booty so uh it can yeah. withstand a lot of the more bow mastery cards a lot of the mm-hmm. things that would normally deal with it so i look at that and i see that as probably one of the best new cards that multicolored card uh as far as like multicolor strategies get yeah. uh what did you have for this one ian I had my card that I, it's probably on the other end of the 49.999%. I think Talia might just be a smidge better, but uh, we have Kutzil here, mm-hmm. uh, the brand new Grand Abolisher out of uh, Ixalan. This card is quite strong. I have seen it win games already with multiple decks. In some aspects, green white is easier to play than mm-hmm. double white <laughs> for some of your spells, right? Uh, I literally actually had that come up multiple times with with pods. We're like, oh, I need my white mana for this combo. You know, and then, oh, I can do green white instead. And that actually works out better. Um, but this is a grand abolisher. You can green sun zenith uh, that doesn't have downside like Gosan, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's very, very good and also provides redundancy to any green white X decks, right? Um, it is it is good. And then also not even to mention how insane it is in Sisse, right? Like it, it triggers naturally off of Sisse's combat damage because Sisse buffs herself based on legends. So with the Kutzil on the battlefield, you are at, at worst scenario, worst case scenario, having a protected turn while you go hit somebody and draw some cards. Best case scenario, you are adding two to your legendary pips and winning the game. Damn. Uh, that's what to say specifically, right? It's insane that deck, but like in general, uh, I think this card is great for the format. Um, not in the sense that like it is arguably healthy for the format, but in the sense of like it is a great piece. <laughs> like it right. is a card that you should be looking at playing. Um, it is very powerful, very little downside, mostly upside. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, my only reason for not picking Kutzil, if I'm being honest, is that. I think that it's kind of reserved for the five color decks in the format. I don't really think it like I don't see enough of the green white X decks sub five colors. Uh, So I felt like Talion maybe had a bigger impact overall just because it is probably more accessible to the average deck. Um, Seems very fair. Yeah, but I I agree with every point that you've made about Cutseal. The card is bonker billies uh yeah so best new creature card of 2023 ian what do we got oh what's that over there flying towards me is it an arrow ow my one one toughness (laughs) (laughs) 
it's an orcish bowmasters. This dude is duding it up with this dude and getting the dude arrows flying. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean we we talked about it extensively earlier. This this card's insane. It is literally format warping, maybe more so than any card has been in a really long time. Maybe I think since Commander uh Legends. Commander Legends. Legends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one. I think it's probably the most format warping card since that set. So yeah. I would agree I with think that. That that sentence says enough, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh next category is best new artifact card. And uh Man, I I would I, I can't imagine what it would be. <laughs> that was pitchy. Come on, <laughs> I know you were a theater kid. I know you could do better than that. <laughs> it's the One Ring. Uh, mm-hmm. Who is surprised? It's the best colorless card. It's the best artifact card. Mm-hmm. Uh, card mm-hmm. is stupid. Please, I hate this card. Um, I actually don't hate this card. I actually really like this card, but I uh, like it's it's very powerful. It is. I think it's on that level of like it's broken, like a CEDH card should be, right? Mm-hmm. But like it's close. <laughs> I don't think it's nearly as bad as Bowmasters. Yeah, um, more of like format warping nature. But I think the two of them combined just like th- that's the funniest part about this entire conversation, right? Like in one v one formats. Bowmasters balances the one ring, right? Because you then get to immediately punish the person drawing. Whereas in yep. CDH, a lot of times you'd be like, yeah, I'll draw three. And then the person's like, well, you know, you do have a mana dork and a cannon. And he's like, but I didn't draw the cards. And like, woo, 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 woo. Yeah. And they're dead. You know? I, so. I, I got to say, I've been playing a lot of Timeless. And in a format where like Uro, Oko, all of that yeah. shit is legal. Bowmasters makes those cards feel so much less offensive. Like, like that's concerning. <laughs> who, who gives a shit about Oko? I have the Bowmasters that's going to make a body and also ping your Oko down. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it is very interesting. Like, it, and to for what it's worth, I also think that it's a really cool format, and I really like Bow uh, yeah, yeah. Timeless because I think it gives a really cool insight into. Yeah. Uh, how other formats could maybe think about their band philosophy a little bit differently. Um, but that's a, it, it's funny though, because it makes like faithless saluting decks with, uh, what is it? The arc like uh, arc like Phoenix. If you remember that a bunch of people were trying to play that deck and you just uh, bow masters ping their Phoenixes down. And also like when they faithless saluting, you just ping their boards down and it's just like, very satisfying it's very good to be able to piss all over phoenix as a as somebody who hates that deck i really like that but anyway this isn't about timeless um (laughs) next category best new sorcery card we both have beseech the mirror yeah you had some some whack-ass shit on there before (laughs) okay so i had lorian revealed on here before because i could not find another sorcery at first and i must have just looked this over or thought it was like a different something uh yeah beseech the mirror is 10 out of 10 no no uh no notes art is great Mm -hmm. just a a subtle upgrade to a lot of decks (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah like Hey, black deck with the, any ability to have excess artifacts and or tokens. I know how you're all playing dark and cabal ritual and calling the week and all that stuff. Here's this thing that efficiently converts it. Yep. And puts it straight into play. Do you want a, uh, what is it? A 
bring to light but you Mm -hmm. get like a little bit more restrictive but also a little bit less restrictive because it's easier to cast here you go you want to bring the light you can cast a breach off of yeah seriously Mm -hmm. uh next category best new instant card uh i think it's pretty safe to say yeah, I think it's pretty sick. Born by the wind. I flashed in response to myself that time. That's what you can do with this card. In response to your draw, you can do that. Or, mm-hmm. excuse me, in response to your uh, discard or your exile part mm-hmm. with Necro oh, yeah, Potency. Necropotency. That's how that works, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. So you were on your uh, end step there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, Born by the wind is very, very good. It is really hard to argue that uh, there's any better instance that came out this year. I mean, it wasn't like a crazy year for instance in general, right? Yeah. But uh, this card is very good in the decks that can use it very well. Yep. I, All that's be said left of it. Uh, best new enchantment card. Uh, I have all will be one for the past, uh, you know, examples of, hey, one card combo makes yeah. some fringe strategies pretty good. What yeah. do you have here, Ian? I have a, I have another little fringe buffer, um, although I don't know if you can call Najila fringe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this, say that real fringe to say. Yeah, yeah, fringe to say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I mean, flowering is good in very specific shells, right? I think it's probably a little underexplored, especially mm-hmm. given how good Bowmasters is in the format. Uh, but in general, flowering is a really efficient way to put a lot of damage on the table. And not only that, like once again, when you uh, are going to combat with like a Najila, right? Like mm-hmm. some people will be like, oh, Bowmasters makes Najila combat way less viable. And it's like, well, when all the warriors are two twos and Najila's a five three with ward one, it's like maybe it's not that hard to win the game. Right. Card, I'd argue. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely just it, I'm really good with Najila, really good with Sissé, right? It automatically puts Sissé up to five power, um, yeah. which is a, a very good number to have Sissé right. for sure. Um, and gives her Ward 1, which, I mean, we're really, you can't underestimate how good a Ward 1 can be at times. Uh, yeah. So, all that in mind, I think there's there's a lot of interesting stuff uh, in the format as far as these are concerned. And Flowering is just good at giving, giving a couple decks a little bit of a buff. I really like it in lower color decks as well. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I haven't even thought about this as a Winota card, but, like, it might be. Yeah. I mean, just Ward is good turns out Ward does not suck yeah I, i'm kind of with you on that one yeah ward mm-hmm. is a is a good keyword yeah uh, remember when no. they did ward because they didn't they wanted to make uh hex proof works but they accidentally yeah. made it like better <laughs> i don't know if it's better but i will say it is more universal now yeah. which in some ways makes it better in that way yeah yeah, yeah yeah sure <laughs> flowering yeah, of the white tree flowering the white tree uh next category is best new planeswalker card of the year it's really hard for us to care about this category but this year i think there were actually two that kind of didn't suck yeah uh yeah. what was the the other one that didn't suck uh, the other one yeah. oh uh, jace perfected mind oh uh, yeah because yeah. it's, it's it's a second brain freeze a lot of the time uh, which is kind of nice. Yeah, I love you. You know, as I have made that kind of my insignia, I love mm-hmm. Jace the Perfected Mind. I also yes. just kind of love Jace, but you know, yeah. that's a whole other thing. Uh, <laughs> no, our 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 winner for best new planeswalker card of this year is Tyvar Jubilant Brawler. Mm-hmm. 
This is so a really yep. good card, and mm-hmm. it's also exceptionally good in a deck that is quite good this year, and that is to say Weatherlight Captain. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. is quite good in that deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it's really uh, a solid card, right? Like, all of these creature strategies are getting hurt by Bowmasters, but you know what helps is, like, not needing to pass an entire turn and untap with them, right? Yeah. So that's huge. Um the fact that it can like double up your bloom tenders by activating and untapping them. The fact that it can recur your Docksides and your bloom tenders and stuff like that. Um, the fact that it is a very cheap, efficient planeswalker. It's a hermit druid haster. It's it's so many things wrapped up in one. A hermit druid haster that also reanimates the Thassa's Oracle with an activated ability. Right, like there's there's a lot of spice with this card, and I think maybe a little underexplored as far as like the self mill strats are concerned they're just i think a little tougher given the current metagame mm-hmm. um all that being said i think uh Tyvar is a really solid role player in the format yep. for sure i totally agree Tyvar mm-hmm. is just an exceptionally like well positioned card for what it does and what it enables yep. uh i do kind of wish it wasn't black green i wish it mm-hmm. could fit into more shells Sure. Uh, but you know that's a very small quibble with the card mm-hmm. uh, but you know overall card is great mm-hmm. uh, next category best new land card this is weird because <laughs> so it's the Shire is the best yeah, new yeah, land card the there yeah <laughs> uh, no we have Mountain Doom here mm-hmm. uh, this is a card that is wincon in a lot of different decks uh, I believe it's wincon in Sase if I'm correct it is uh, a win comments to say. Yeah. Yep. Uh overall, it's weird because last year in 2022, we got a lot of really cool and compelling lands with the yep. channel lands and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. And this year it really felt like the only option was really Mountain Doom. Uh yeah. there wasn't a whole lot of options as far as I go. Yeah, there were some other like kind of interesting ones, but definitely not of the same quality. Yeah. Mountain like, Doom really just is like here's a win con for some decks. Yeah. Like if you're a black red deck, you want a good win con, here you go. Yeah. I also think that second ability gets completely forgotten about. Yeah. Uh, and it's won me so many games. Like, it has won me so many games uh, just by having that land and being able to be like, oh, yeah, no one's expecting this uncounterable board wipe out of nowhere. And then they're like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, there's an inc- an uncounterable board wipe out of nowhere. Yeah. How do I deal with yeah. this? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fun fact. Uh, counter spells don't deal with uh, that. Yep. You know, uh, it's very solid. It's, you it's can't a counter that- land drops. <laughs> that is true. I, I can't argue with that logic. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Mount Doom. Great, great mm-hmm. job, Peter Jackson. Thank you for the addition. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, specifically <laughs> Peter Jackson. Yep. Uh, next category we're into our last three is yep. best reprint of 2023 mm-hmm. i think this is pretty easy to say here's guardianship thank you wizards for reprinting that card mm-hmm. uh, if you want to have... do that like six more times be dope yeah uh, i have fierce guardianship and deflecting swat as the same type of thing because they're a cycle right yeah. Yeah, the you know, Rollick less so, but still technically relevant as well, right? Mm-hmm. Just the, the freak with commander cycle. It was a staple in the format as soon as they were printed. Yep. It just made sense. Made sense to play them, made sense to have them, made sense to reprint them because uh supply was low. Icoria was mid peak COVID, right? It, it was, was the first right at that, the beginning of COVID. Yeah, yeah. It was the first that we got COVID blasted on and we never had a real release for it, right? So um also my favorite goldfish flavor 
<laughs> um but yeah uh good cards to reprint they were in that had a had a scarcity i mean those commander decks were being bought for like 60 to 80 dollars you know so i mean just for the just for the guardian just shows, for those cards. Like, right. yeah. That's so, yeah i mean uh yeah great great reprint thank you so much uh, on to our last two categories, and these are maybe the uh, most prestigious of the categories. Prestigious. Yes. Yeah. As most improved commander mm. for the year. Uh, overall, there were a lot of decks that felt like did a lot of growing this year. Yeah. I think Tivit is a good example of a deck that grew a lot this year. Kinnan uh, yeah. did a lot of growing this year. Tim Necrom did a lot of growing this year. Rog Sai. Mm did even more growing this year after kind yeah. of growing up last year a lot yeah. and then kind of taking that extra step this year and yeah. uh really did a good job yeah i think i think there were definitely like respectable uh innovations in the competitive scene and, and obviously having a um a more refined competitive <coughs> oh pardon me bless you <sighs> having a more refined competitive scene definitely allowed for us to have these type of options available where people are innovating on real strategies making them better making them new right like i mean think about how many strategies got innovated within the past month right, right. so all of that being said you know what are we seeing from this which is like there are i think two decks that i depending on the parameters of how you categorize this mm-hmm. can can really fill in this correctly so why don't you start with yours first yeah so mine is i uh, had half of it being yours (laughs) yeah so mine is to say weather like captain uh i feel pretty pretty strongly that this deck went from being like a fringe meme deck almost to being like a pretty solid top five deck in the format Mm -hmm. like it Mm -hmm. is very dominant it has earned its place at the table it is easily one of the most like consistent decks now like it just is having performance after performance that was really solid and so it really felt mm-hmm. like this deck kind of had a coming out party this year yeah uh yeah. so that's why i put uh Sisse as the most improved card or commander yeah. for 2023 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i i completely agree with you i think like the the reason i say it's it's about how you categorize it is because our next one i think moved up to a new echelon mm-hmm. like created a new rank whereas this deck definitely had the largest gap from where it started to where it ended right it definitely skyrocketed as far as performance where did it come from innovation. And where did it go yeah where did it come from uh the fringes of the format anyways uh <laughs> yeah there's there's i mean we talked about it last week also there's there's 480 something new legends printed this year alone mm-hmm. right I'm, I'm talking about how a new ixalan commander which is only a couple months old at this point uh just completely gave this deck one of the best upgrades it's ever received right and so it is constantly being brewed i mean there are new variants coming out because it's legendary soup right like you can do so many things with this deck i was literally talking with patrons today about completely innovating uh the way you built it to completely shift over to a, a a different focus and so like there's so much to say about this deck um the other one i put up there was tim necrom yeah. right which is might be seem strange to some people who were sort of sniffing the Timnacrom copium uh, in the past couple of years, right? Whereas like Timnacrom has always been one of the best decks in the format, right? right? But it has been one of the best decks in the format that you can just play around if you know how to do it. Yep. Right. Um, 
with Lord of the Rings coming out, with the change of Bowmasters, with all of the things that we talked about already so much through this episode, with the shift in where the meta is, Tim Crom became the best at doing the best things in the format, right? right? Originally, it was just a solid contender, right? Like it was an A tier deck, right? It was a deck that did the best stuff at a good, efficient rate, maybe got outpaced by some things, maybe got under the floor with some things, but it was good at pivoting. It was good at planting. It was good at all that stuff. But now that the format's about pivoting, now that the format's about planting your engines, Tim McCrom does it better than anyone else. And going up to being obviously one of the top two decks in the format so solidly above certain others is you know hard to argue with i mean really i mean we looked at the stats last week right like i mean it is very hard to argue that it is just in a different category Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly yeah i think there's also like a half shout out here to devesh krom right um between like that that was a deck that everyone was just like oh bad tim necrom and now between sharky and myself and a couple other people like it's it's definitely now being respected as one of the best decks in the format as well yep. too right so absolutely mm-hmm. well, let's look at this last category the mm-hmm. the final category for the year yes lettuce the best new lettuce 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 best new category lettuce, yeah. new... So what is the best lettuce of 2023 yeah. romaine is my pick but yeah, i don't really I, I like can... lettuce so yeah uh, that's true i'm is the spinach a lettuce that's a good question. Is this our new Minotaur this is debate? Our new, uh, this is our new <laughs> show is <laughs> uh, So our last category here is best new commander of yeah. 2023. And believe it or not, there were like a t- I mean, we just talked about this, right? There were, there were like hmm. 400 plus new commanders for the year. So like the, yeah. the, the options were boundless. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, there were there was really one that I think stood out to me. Uh, mm-hmm. I do want to give a shout out to a, uh, a couple of commanders that didn't or specifically one commander that I thought was close, but not quite there. And that's Obnixilis captive Kingpin, I think is a deck that like had a good uh, yeah. argument for being one of the best new commanders of the year. It is yes. kind of cemented itself as a, a fixture in the format. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of just consistently does well. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. There's definitely a bunch worth shouting out. I think four color, uh, four man and Narset is another one yep. up there where it's like that shows up, puts in some work. But I think we both agree on on this new person. Yep. Very very much so. So yeah, it is Atraxa Grand Unifier. Uh, <laughs> this is a commander that when it came out, we both were like, this is mm-hmm. this might be a cool reanimation target. Yeah, uh, not in yeah. my wildest dreams would I have thought this was a commander, and yeah, uh, not not would I have thought that there was a month this year where we said, oh yeah, I guess Atraxa is the best performing commander of the month by that like is a not wide margin by like a pretty decent margin. I did not think that was something that would happen, and and it, uh, to to answer the people yeah. in the comments from our last episode, yes, we did in fact uh, control the stats for people who cheat. Uh, that is a controlled factor in the stats. Oh, do people say that? Yes, that was a that was a comment last week. I was like, did you guys control for that? And it's like, yes, obviously. We're I'm not stupid. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like Atraxa, just like even outside of the handful of like cheating at cases, like it just 
was successful. I mean, if you look at FCG Columbus, the mm-hmm. event that I top forward, two Atraxa decks were in that top four. Yep. Like it, yep. uh, yeah, it's I mean, hard to argue with. You very good year with that deck for sure. Yeah. It's hard to argue with, right? Yeah. And it's funny because it's like a deck that, like, if you look on it, like, it, it's a deck we kind of had to come around to because we've spent yep. a lot of time being like, I don't quite get it. Uh, yeah. I played it the other day too, uh, just for some like fun pickup games. And I was like, man, I still hate this deck. <laughs> like, I really, I just can't. It is just not my play style whatsoever. Yeah. yeah I, and I, I like the card though. The card is cool. It's cool. Yeah. I love the really card. Cool. I want to play uh, in the 99 real bad. Yeah. Same. Unfortunately, it's a free good in the 99. Uh, but. So that is the mm-hmm. 2023 CEDH Awards. Any final thoughts about the year, Ian? Yeah, um, you know, the the more I'm reflecting on the year, the more I think about like, oh, there were so many great things that happened at CEDH as far as like so many more tournaments, so many more legitimate tournament tournament organizers coming out of the woodworks. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we had some flubs in the year. Don't get me wrong, but like uh, overall, right? We like the online spaces now. There are literally, I mean, powered by chaos events are literally one every weekend this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is the uh, the European tournament. There is chaos. There is Mox Masters. There is the Lotus qualifiers. Right. So like literally every weekend this month, there's an online tournament. Yeah, right? uh, that's sick. Um, and we have evidence doing the whole circuit, doing gold tier events, promoting people going to these medium, small stores because you can earn points for this giant qualifier coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so this is really, really healthy for the format moving forward. It, when it comes to actual play in the format, it was not a great year for yeah. CEDA, specifically related to June. Uh, Lord of the Rings was not good for the format. Um, I think pretty objectively, it was a bad set for the format in as far as diversity is concerned yeah. right it really pushed two decks arguably Kinnon and blue farm up to like an s tier rank that i didn't think really existed beforehand yeah um which was a bit of a shame uh kind of a, a tough tough lump for the format right i'm always you know in the camp that i am pro diversity uh anti homogenization and like that that set felt like it pushed more for homogenization but don't get me wrong there's so many archetypes that came out of that set right, right? so many cool cars so many unique brews so many interesting pieces but it just happened to have three or four haymakers that just and specifically the two that we've talked about ad nauseum today that are just full you know crowbar to the kneecaps to other strategies yep. and it that sucks real bad yeah it does it does you know so yeah, I think uh, overall, I think this was a good year for CEDH. Yeah. Uh, because, like, again, like, I think that the work that uh, all these different tournament organizers put in, yeah. people like Eminence folks that really mm-hmm. put a ton of work in to get the format to where it's at. Yeah, um, absolutely. It is really encouraging because we saw the format kind of take that next step this year, uh, mm-hmm. where I feel like maybe in 2022, it was still like, it was competitive and it, you know, mm-hmm. there wasn't as much legitimacy behind it. Whereas now I feel right. like it is a legit bona fide competitive format where in mm-hmm. the past, I don't know that I could have said that nearly as confidently, yeah. uh, but uh, it's great to see the format evolve and grow. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm super excited for it uh, in the future. Speaking of CEDH tournaments that are bona fide. 
this weekend, which will be in the past. I was like, where are we going with this? Yeah, crazy? <laughs> uh, we, we will. When you're hearing this, it will have already happened. Yeah. Uh, but in the past, because we are yeah. recording this in the past, but for us, mm. it will be in the future. Um, right. <laughs> this is the, the new phase of a nigga camera. Every time we go deep in the time zone. <laughs> yeah. Right. Time. <laughs> Uh, we will be at uh, SCG Con Cincinnati this weekend, yeah. and uh, I'm pretty excited. Ian, do you want to tell the folks what you played this past weekend? Well, I haven't played anything this past weekend because the way time works, actually. <laughs> uh, so, oh, okay. no. So I'm <laughs> I have been wanting to bring Winota out for quite some time. I've been wanting to get her back in the CEDH echelons. Uh, she has one of the worst win rates of any deck right now. Uh, not Just one of it was the worst of 2020. She has the worst win rate of any deck right now. There is a conversion <laughs> rate. Um, yeah. So Winota went from like arguably an S tier deck, as a lot of people were calling her, to a deck that is now was really struggling just even to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, so my hope is that with a few innovations I'm making, it can at least compete this weekend. Yeah. Um, I've cut a f- so uh, th- th- overall since like the last time the deck was been popular, all of the Thalia effects basically were proving not to be good enough, and especially in a Bowmaster's world where they're all X ones, right? Um, so that was a big kind of lump for the, the deck to take because those effects are, are rather important to the general strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Thalias kind of went out and uh, I'm actually trying Stony Silence effects in Ooh. this deck right now. So that's that's a new one. And obviously we got uh, Charismatic Vampire or right. we got Dauntless Dismantler. Um, so hopefully some of these new innovations combined with some new tech might make the deck feel a little bit more spicy. So Yeah. I'm going to be playing Good old fashioned Christian Tivit. <laughs> Love that for you. Tivit looks you straight in the eyes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> there's no fucking around with Tivit. Tivit doesn't play any games. Mm-hmm. Tivit just mm-hmm. sits up and is just like, this yep. is what we're doing. We're playing mm-hmm. magic the way God intended it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> This is, uh, this is a bit you are committing to, and I'm, I'm proud of you for it. Uh, no, I'm I'm going to be playing Tivit this weekend. I I thought about playing like maybe some Martin Crom, maybe something, mm-hmm. maybe Thrust File or something like that. Yeah, I just yep. didn't have time to really work on anything and get any good wow. reps in. So I'm just going to go with all reliable, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's a deck that I'm extremely comfortable on and mm-hmm. uh, feel pretty confident taking it to an IRL meta and performing with so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah no the the desire to play blue is like actually stressing me out so much going into this tournament like i haven't haven't played a sans blue deck in a really long time and it's like mm, it's like giving me a lot of anxiety that's also kind of where i was like where i was like well i could play arden vakron then i have this black and then i could play play stress vile then i lose white and like it was just like all of the options were just like but i don't yeah. like losing black and white mm-hmm. i kind mm-hmm. of like those mm-hmm. colors yeah so uh that is part of it also it is a you have to own all your cards thing and i just yeah. don't really have like uh i i own like 97 of the cards for tivit so it's really mm-hmm. easy to find the three duels 
uh, yeah. to borrow from somebody versus like borrowing mm-hmm. like maybe 10 or 15 reserved list cards for thrust file. Mm-hmm. So borrow from somebody. I don't know who would let me borrow those expensive cards. Nobody that I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're doing that this weekend and uh, we'll also be at Magic Con Chicago. Shy town, yeah. Shy town. I mean, it's still, still a while away. People are talking about it like it's next week, but it's also one of those things where it's, it's it'll creep up on you. Yeah, well, sure. I mean, like the the CDH awards crept up on me, and I had a whole ass year to get ready for them. Yeah, so, you yeah, know. Um, but yeah, so we'll be at that, so you can keep an eye out for us. We're going to be doing a meet and greet on Saturday, mm-hmm. which will be super super fun. Uh, yeah, Wizards is also doing like some single, or I guess pastimes is doing some single limb like CEDH stuff. Yeah, which I signed up for one of those, so I think that's gonna be pretty cool. Hopefully, yeah. Said. See how that goes. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a single elimination. Event? It is. Yeah, yeah, like sixty-four player single limb. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so well, I don't know that I'm playing that. I don't know that I'm actually yeah. gonna do events outside of maybe like like quick fire drafts or something like that yeah i figured like you know they're using eminent software and, and you know doing an official event there so i figured it'd be a good time to like just play with people and, and see how it goes yeah worst case scenario i'll do it again <laughs> yeah uh but yeah so we'll be at that uh ian you are a cedh coach yeah hey everybody so if you notice i talked about all of the cedh tournaments that are coming up recently and boy would it feel good to be prepared for those things uh and uh if only there was someone available who uh had more tournament success with different decks than any other player in his the past name is years. ian his <laughs> name is ian Ooh, he's best i like how i'm going for the, the subtle misdirection and you're like yes gospel time <laughs> good, good strong powerful uh, <laughs> But yeah, uh, if anyone's interested in CDH coaching, uh, I have uh, what I would consider a distinct enough resume to uh, back up the fact that uh, it's been pretty good and it's become my full time thing. People are really enjoying it. Um, I've had a lot of really successful uh, clients who have gone on to make top results in a number of different tournaments throughout the year. So if you're interested in that, you can check it out. ComedianMTG at gmail.com. You can email me at Twitter at at ComedianMTG uh, or Discord at Comedian underscore MTG make sure those important differences and if you're confused about any of those places find me on one of those platforms send me a message i can help you out um or just go to one of my videos and you can check in the description i also have a youtube channel talk about tournament cdh you'll probably see that video on winota at some point yeah uh praise is holy name (laughs) (laughs) hallelujah (laughs) okay uh yeah Go check that out. Uh, while you're also doing that, make sure to go check out uh, our Patreon as well. If you yeah. like this show and want to see more of it, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Yeah. And also make sure to give a like and comment to as an offering to Algorithm Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, because we know he is a fickle God, and uh, we must appease his appease That's him. That's true. That is true. Um, so Ian, how do you want to end this show? Uh, um, you know, I was thinking that uh, in response to the ending, I could pay one in a blue and cast Born Upon the Wind, and now it's a different ending. It's just like Flash. See you later. 